So, of course, as we all go through life, we've got a thorough understanding of what stress feels like and how it might impact us and so on and so forth. But have you ever really had a thought about how it's really working on the inside? What's actually happening on a chemical level inside your body? What's happening on a physiological level? And maybe even some supplements and some things that we can do to actually have an actual impact on those things. In today's show, we're going to dive into that. Meet your host, Andy Naylor. Andy is a men's physique transformation expert, competitive physical champion, and a multi-six-figure business owner who has helped thousands of busy, high-achieving men get into the best shape of their lives and reconnect with their inner alpha. On this show, Andy is going to share with you his playbook on feeling healthy again, avoiding the common pitfalls successful men fall into, dropping 20 to 30 pounds of fat, and building a physique you can finally be proud of. And the transformations aren't just physical either. You're going to learn how meeting your personal goals will help support your professional achievements, giving you that true alpha mentality. Let's go. So, Alphas, welcome back to the show. My name is Andy Naylor. I am CEO and founder at Naylor Body Design and your host of the Optimal Alpha Podcast. Welcome back. We are continuing um, our stress series, mini stress series um, over the course of this month. And so I really wanted to delve in super quick, um, you know, in this episode, I guess into a little bit more like what's happening in, in, in a sort of biological level in terms of stress. When we have a bit more of an understanding of that, we can then have a better understanding of what's actually going on, have more of a sense of being in control, for sure, of stress, because, you know, feeling stressed and anxious and anxiety is a feeling of being out of control, okay? We know what's actually going on, therefore, we're immediately just a little bit more in control. So what is stress? Well, stress is a body's method of reacting to a challenge or a demand, if you think about it, right? In many cases, stress can actually be beneficial, okay? Producing maybe um, a, a boost in kind of what feels like energy and drive to help people get through maybe difficult situations, you know, exams, work deadlines, whatever that might be. However, in it's an extreme amount of that stress, um, or chronic stress, as we would call it, then can have, of course, negative health consequences, affecting immune system, cardiovascular function, neuroendocrine systems, pretty much everything on one level or another. If chronic stress is elevated for a long period of time, it's going to cause us huge health issues. And we would then say, well, we've heard the, threat, the phrase, sorry, that stress is a killer, which it certainly can be okay because you know you take you take chronic stress far enough and you get symptoms like headaches fatigue tremors chronic diseases and i think in the same way that when people train they can dig themselves into what we would call a recovery pit a hole so deep into their recoverable abilities that they can't crawl back out again i think you can kind of do the same with stress to a degree you could become so stressed for so long eventually you can't see the tunnel back out Okay, it just it gets more difficult to see the tunnel back out. So stress is generally divided into two types. Number one, acute stress. Okay, this would be uh, like a short term stress that could either be thrilling and exciting, like, say, riding a roller coaster. Like, it's been a while since I've been on a roller coaster, to be honest with you, but they are like we, they're, they're, they're weirdly stressful. Like your body sees it as a stress. You're strapped into something not in control. Okay. I mean, if any, I'm sure many of you have been on a roller coaster. Think of the, the fastest 
most exhilarating roller coaster you've been on? I can think of a few. Um, I can so in in the UK, uh, we've got a park there called Olsen Towers, which is probably the, the biggest or most famous one in the UK. And there's a few rides in there. Ne- there's one called Nemesis, which I just think is brilliant. Like that that roller coaster is brilliant. There's another one that I think is called Oblivion, which is basically you just you go down essentially vertical into a, a hole in the floor. But the thing accelerates that fast, and it kind of accelerates just past the point you think it should do. And of course, your body at that point is thinking, "I'm about to die." So the your stress, your really your stress is going up through the roof. But it's exciting. It's acute. It lasts seconds as you know the ride happens, and then you know you kind of come out the other side of the hole in the ground, and you realise you're still alive, and it's exciting. But then acute stress can then also be the exact opposite to that, which is insanely distressing. Imagine being in a car crash. I'm not going to say it's exactly the same as being on a roller coaster, but it, 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 to a degree, to your body, nearly it is. It's just that there's actual danger involved, of course, because it's a car crash. So you've got sort of the exciting side of acute stress and then the distressing side. But then number two, you've got chronic stress. So this would be the one that we should be focusing on. This is more of a long-term type of stress that would persist over extended periods of time, okay? This could be, say, ongoing financial struggles, ongoing relationship problems, ongoing health issues. Many of the guys I speak to, many actually, when one of the questions I ask is about stress, I ask a few detailed questions, and if they give me a certain number, I'll say to them, you know, what are the biggest stresses in your life? And as you can all imagine, right, in your head, what's the number one answer to that? Correct. Work. <laughs> like It's normally work, my business, whatever it might be. It's normally something around that. But also very often someone will say, well, my actual condition of health is actually stressing me right now, which is then that's then the problem wrapping itself around the problem and wrapping itself around the problem because poor health is causing stress. Stress is causing poor health. Poor, don't you see where that's going to go very, very quickly? So of course, chronic stress is where we want to we want to focus ourselves in terms of really thinking about solutions because that's the one that is going to become detrimental over time. And you know, clearly, a reduction in chronic stress is going to lead to a happier life, healthier life in pretty much every single aspect that we want to try and think about. So let's dive in a little bit further. We're not going to go too far, but we'll dive in a little bit further. So let's just maybe try and understand some of the chemical and physical reactions of stress. What's kind of going on? So, one step back. When faced with stress, our body goes into what we would commonly call a, a fight or flight response. So, this would be our autonomic nervous system. Okay. Our autonomic nervous system essentially has two parts to it it has sympathetic tone, which would be the fight side of things. Also, some people call it like warrior mode. And then you have the parasympathetic side, rest and digest or monk mode. Now, as humans, we're probably supposed to spend most of our time living in a parasympathetic state. Um, that isn't what happens. We're not either one or the other. It's a, it's a gradient between the two. And we're sort of moving around it all of the time. But m- let's be honest, most of us in our day-to-day world are probably way more sympathetically toned, way more fight, yeah, fight and flight mode rather than rather than rest and digest. We're way more that most of the time, okay? Now, if you think about it, in millennia gone by, moving into fight and flight mode would, would have been there, it would have evolved to have saved our lives. 
Okay, we would have been hunter gathering and living in caves and being chased by saber toothed tigers and anything that came at us, probably in those days, is going to cause us harm or take away our something that is going to allow us to live. So we would our, our fight and flight response has a very is very deep evolutionary thing. But nowadays we don't really have a lot of those stresses. Our stresses have changed. And our responses to them, I guess, have become maybe even more heightened for many different reasons. That's for another day. So in terms of a chemical response, when we are pushed up, you know, something happens. There is a there is a trigger. Okay, the trigger is external to us and it is a signal and our body sees that signal as danger in some way. We then, of course, go off into a sympathetic fight and flight mode. Then what happens is our adrenal glands get activated. So in response to stress, the adrenal glands produce cortisol, often referred to as the stress hormone. Okay, Cortisol helps the body respond to stress. However, high levels of it over an extended period of time can be harmful. We also get a release of adrenaline. Okay, Adrenaline uh, increases heart rate, uh, elevates blood pressure, boosts energy supplies, um, and release endorphins. Okay, so we also get a release of endorphins. The endorphins, to a degree, I would say, seem to act as a natural painkiller, mood elevators. So what we've kind of got really is, is adrenaline, cortisol, endorphins. All these things are now rushing around our body to prepare us to do something. They're in there to help us do something. Okay, cortisol. Um, also, I would say cortisol gives us a, a heightened sense of alertness, I think, um, focus, and so on and so forth. So these areas are all heightened. Adrenaline comes up, cortisol comes up, endorphins. They've prepped us for something in terms of a chemical response. They've prepped our body internally to fight, literally, fight, save ourselves. The physical response off the back of those would then be, well, increased heart rate. Heart would pump faster. The, the idea of that being to sort of oxygenate the body um, quicker, more effectively, you know, if we're needing to run from the saber-toothed tiger or, 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 you know, avoid danger or the stressor or whatever it might be. We get uh, a tightening of muscles, which I think to a degree prepares the body for some sort of injury. So our, our physical tone of our muscles change. Breathing probably becomes more rapid, short, quicker, shorter. Most people, this is interesting because we'll come off the back of this in a second. Most people then start breathing through their mouth generally speaking, like people like pant nearly, right? Um, but what this is doing is we're theoretically for a short period of time, we're trying to get oxygen in quickly. Now, going back a quick step, the best mechanism we have to immediately move ourselves out of sympathetic tone and into parasympathetic tone is our breathing. If we change that one thing, because it's of all the things I've just told you so far, that's the only one you've got. You can't immediately control your cortisol, your adrenaline, your endorphins. You can't change your heart rate. You, so the first one that's come across in this list so far is breathing. You can immediately impact and control that, can't you? Okay. Sometimes it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, uh, but you could certainly do it. And nasal breathing and slowly will immediately start to settle all these other things down. Alphas. I interrupt this show with a simple message. This show is here to benefit you and your progression to the best version of yourself, but not only just you, 
it's also here to benefit the people around you, your loved ones, your friends, other alphas in your vicinity. So why not do a really cool thing today? Something that I would thank you for and maybe someone else would. Share this podcast with at least one other alpha out there who you know would benefit from it. Why not share the information, share the ability for someone else to grow? I'm sure they would thank you. I 100% would absolutely thank you. This podcast only grows by our listeners, our followers doing amazing things like giving us five-star reviews, downloading podcasts, subscribing, and then of course, sharing it with other people. I thank you from the bottom of my heart, share it with one person, and of course, drop us a five-star review, download the podcast, and of course, subscribe. And now back to the show. So next, senses become sharper. So I mentioned this a moment ago. Pupils dilate, uh, get, get bigger, expand, which allows more light in. I think thus improving overall vision. Because again, at that point, we're on the lookout for danger, essentially. Okay, something coming to us, the stressor, the danger, whatever it might be. Um, I think digestion, it's also fair to say that digestion becomes, or energy and maybe even we could say blood flow is diverted away from digestion. Why? Because that's clearly not important. And there's probably going to be many other body functions where where blood and energy is diverted away from. And it's, it's sent to places where the body deems it more useful. Um, so digestion. And I think a lot of people, when they are chronically stressed, they lose their appetite. Some people gain appetite. Some people stress eat. Although it could be fair to say that it's not necessarily stress eating, but emotional eating. Kind of similar, but I, I, I guess there's a technical difference in the background. I think when most people are truly stressed and it is a stress response, appetite tends to disappear. So that's just to give a very quick insight into just some just some of the things that are going on in the background. But there are chemical responses, there are physiological responses, and once you know that they are happening based off your perception of something, it is just your perception of something. Now, okay, if you were stood in the middle of a road and a car's coming towards you and it's going to run you over and you can't get out of the way, your perception is extremely valid. <laughs> you're you're in a bad place. Now, but there's also going to be a lot of moments where your perception of some things that could be a stressor is just perception. It could be just be the perception of the unknown that then becomes a stress. And as I said in the last episode, stress is all in your mind. Technically, if you can change, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So here's just a few supplements uh, and a little bit of geeky information about them that can certainly help. Are supplements with our clients the first things we recommend? Absolutely not. It will always be habits, behaviors, lifestyle. Habits, behaviors, and lifestyle. They are always going to be the biggest mover in terms of anything that's going to have a positive impact into nearly anything that we're trying to do, health and wellness and fitness and longevity and so on. But there are some supplements that certainly help. Um, they all have various claims. Um, I've used pretty much, every, well, the, the three or four things that I'm going to mention, I've used all of them and I've certainly known them to be beneficial. I've used them through stressful you know, situations. Uh, most one to note, I would say, would be the last time I got prepped for a show, which would have been about five years ago. And the latter part of prepping for a show when you're, you know, I don't know, 5% body fat or something and uh, your body thinks you're trying to kill it because you're essentially trying to starve it. It's insanely stressful. 
Um, and so using some of these things help. So the first one is going to be ashwagandha KSM66. So this is a very traditional herb and adaptogen that's um, definitely been shown to reduce cortisol levels. It's a couple of studies that I delved into. Um, one was fairly small, had 58 participants. Um, they took either, I think it was 250 or 600 milligrams of ashwagandha extract for eight weeks. Um, it significantly reduced perceived stress and level, levels of the stress hormone cortisol compared to those who took a placebo. Okay, so it's not a huge number of people. And I don't know, I do not know how many had the 250 or the 600, but it certainly reduced their perception of stress. And it is perception of stress. But if it's also technically reduced cortisol as well, it's reduced the chemical side of stress. Um, also, those who took the ashwagandha supplements, um, I think also saw improvements in sleep quality compared, compared to the placebo group. So we would also know that if someone's highly stressed, sleep tends to go out the window a little bit, either just getting to sleep or depth and quality of sleep, the amount of REM, the amount of deep sleep and so on is affected. And then those two things start circling around each other and causing problems. So it's very, you know, fairly good to say that ashwagandha works on both of those. Read another study, 60 people found that, I think uh, it was a group taking 240 milligrams of ashwagandha, um, which was 60 days. They had significant reductions in anxiety compared to those who had a placebo. So again, I would say, and ashwagandha, pretty easy to get hold of. Well, it is easy to get hold of. You certainly want to look for the KSM66 variation. That seems to be the one that most people get the most benefit from. Next would be something called L-theanine. So L-theanine, quite often found in tea, although I've never really thought about it as such, but quite often found in tea, and I think especially green tea, I definitely read some studies that suggest it can certainly promote calming, but not drowsiness, which I think for a lot of people could be pretty useful, right? We would certainly want to feel calmer, but not take something that makes us feel drowsy. Uh, I read a review that had, uh, it was five randomized um, control trials that included a total of 100, 104 participants. Four of those trials linked L-theanine with reduced stress and anxiety in people experiencing stressful situations. And then a smaller study that combined L-theanine, and I think it was something like 97 milligrams with a small amount of caffeine, helped a group of young adults focus better during demanding tasks. So we would also, I mean, obviously the caffeine is going to help a little bit, although 40 milligrams is, you know, not a lot. So you start to mix things together where potentially you've got just a little bit of something like caffeine that gives us that little bit of, well, I don't know, it, energy to a degree, although we're stealing energy from the future with caffeine, but energy to a degree, but then also the calming nature to allow us to focus. So we're taking something that, you know, caffeine, we all know gives us a drive and a focus, but sometimes it can then give us a bit of a inability to focus on one thing. You then add in something like L-theanine, which is then reducing stress, anxiety, and giving us a calmness. The two together could be very beneficial. I think also some, um, Studies have suggested that L-theanine can improve immune function as well. Didn't read too much into that. Rhodiola, uh, another adaptogen that um, helps the body adapt to and resist physical and chemical environmental stress. This was a bit of a more of a depth of a study. Um, and again, that study found that it reduces symptoms of stress, fatigue, exhaustion, anxiety. Uh, again, load of things across the board. So there we've got ashwagandha, L-theanine. L-theanine is super cheap. Ashwagandha, you'd probably want to pay a little bit more for to get quality. Rhodiola, again, you know, it's something that's been around a long time. Um, I think I read, uh, there was a study that had 
think it was 118 people in uh, with stress-related burnout. However you would want to articulate what that means, I'm not sure. You'd have to go read the study. And they took 400 milligrams of rhodiola daily for 12 weeks. Um, they showed clear improvements in various symptoms, stress, depression, commonly associated with the burnout that those people were suffering with. Magnesium, another, I should have mentioned this probably first, magnesium is pretty much every human on the planet should probably take, be taking magnesium. Personally, I take two types, actually. I take magnesium glycinate post-training, but then I would take something called magnesium 3 and 8 pre-bed. Um, uh, they should be, I think, a staple in pretty much everybody's lives, not just for calmness, improving sleep, CNS, um, quality function, auto, so autonom autonomic nervous system function. I think magnesium can certainly help. B vitamins are going to help. Um, Omega-3 fatty acids are going to help. I don't really want to focus too much on those compounds. They're there. They can help, but they, they're useful as supplements, but they, they cannot ever be more important than habit and lifestyle change removing the stressor so you know if you've got something that is stressful in your life then really working on the cause is always going to be the most important thing now point being is is sometimes that's not possible you know sometimes you know that you know let's say you're in a situation with a, a partner a, a relationship a financial situation a health concern whatever it might be you can't just you know, flick a switch and deal with it sometimes it's going to take time so while you are using time to deal with the cause why not work on the symptom at the same time to reduce the actual feelings and perception of stress and anxiety and so on and so forth to give you a clearer mind to then be able to go back and deal with the cause, right? So it kind of makes sense. Ultimately, a balanced life in total is always going to be the best way forward. So just another little delve into stress. I think it's important that we, we understand that stress is, we are in control of stress. Stress is useful. It has its place. If we can harness it and use it in the right way, you know, stress is sometimes what we, if you wake up in the morning and you know you've got work to do, whatever work is to you, you wake up with a purpose. Somewhere underneath there is waking up with the stress of, I need to do something today. I need to complete something today. I've got a fucking reason to get up and get on with it today. Like that's like, that's, it's stress to a degree. It's just a managed amount of stress. It's not, it's not stress flying off in every direction, causing us to act erratic or feel out of control. So stress is useful. Harness it. Work on what you can't. And you're probably going to see a quality of life, I think, improve. Certainly longevity of life. So I hope that's been useful. We will continue delving into stress on other topics over the next few episodes. Please, please, if you found today's episode useful, do me one favor. Think of one person. Maybe there's a stressed person in your life who you know. But genuinely, if you can think of one person who's like, they would possibly benefit from some of this information, please share this with them. Um, you know, Pass it on. Let them use the information. Um, you've done something nice for them, and I will appreciate it. Outside that, of course, subscribe to the channel, and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope that you feel motivated to start making changes in your life so you can see those results that you've been wanting to achieve. Remember, you can do anything you set your mind to. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review and make sure you tell your friends. If you'd like to connect with Andy, you can find him on Instagram at Andy underscore Naylor underscore pure underscore elite 
underscore pro. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. Talk to you again soon.